Tainas, Perk Dalad, Mishnah Gimel, 4.3. We continue to discuss the Anshe Hamamad, the people who are participating as the representatives of the Jewish people with respect to the various korbanos, particularly the korban tamid, as well as the musafin, etc., and the public communal offerings. And you recall we had two sort of loose ends in the previous two Mishnahis, which will kind of be tied together over here. Uh, the big picture is that the people who are the Palm of the Muhammad are doing three basic things. They are fasting, they are praying that the Korban should be accepted, and they are reading uh, the section of the Torah that corresponds to that particular day in terms of Masa Bracious, the creation of the world. Um, now, the word Anshe Muhammad really can refer to two separate things. They're overlapping. Um, one is, in general, the Ma'amados can be referring to just the Yisraelim, who are the representatives from all 12 of the Shvatim, the tribes, um, as who stand along with the Kohanim and Leviim to participate, like we said before, as representatives of Klai Yisrael. But really, the Anshe Muhammad also comprises Kohanim and Leviim. So that would mean back in the base of Mikdash, and when they're standing in the Azara doing the doing the uh, Talmud, you would have Levim standing there, as well as Kohanim, the Kohanim who are present, and would be Kohanim who are on that week's Mishmar, so it's their week to serve, but not they're not part of that day's base of, the particular seventh, let's call it, of the of the uh, Mishmar of Kohanim who are serving that week. So it's just one seventh, one base of per day. Those are sort of, so to speak, reservists of duty, and they will be part of the, the Muhammad. So now, let's just go back and, and the, our mission will discuss two points. Number one, details about the fasting, and number two, details about the Kriya Satsara, the reading of the Mahasabrashas, the creation of the world. But just to make sure everything is clear, um, the two loose ends um, that I want to make sure are tied together. Now, the one is the last words that we said in the previous Mishnah, Mishnah base, that talked about the Koran Bahasabrashas. They read the sections regarding the creation of the world, so that's exactly what we're going to explicate over here, how they read, what they read exactly, um, when they read, and the other thing, which is a little bit loose, was back in the first mission of the Perak, we said that the Kohanim are nosen kapeyan, they do birkas Kohanim in the afternoons, um, on days when people are fasting, because there's no concern that they were shesuya yain, that they had drunk wine. Um, and we said three categories of days when that would happen. And if you recall, we said tanios, fast days, of course they haven't drunk because it's a fast day, and Yom Kippurim, similarly, it's a fast day. That first time, is like the public fast days for no rain, etc. And we also had a thing called the Ma'amados. The people in the Ma'amados are doing Birkas Kohanim. So the case over there would have to be that we're talking about um, Kohanim who are fasting that day because they are participating as part of the Anshe Ma'amad. They're part of the people who are fasting all day. And they would be doing, let's say, Birkas Kohanim in Yerushalayim um, with the other Yisraelim who are there. Um, let's say the way it would work, the way it would work is um, the Anshe Mamad, Kohanim, and Yisraelim alike would be standing there doing the for the blood of Oda, I mean the, the Shechita through the Zrika, the application of the blood of the Tamid. Then they'd run to Daman Shachras, saying Kriyashma Shachras, and doing their prayers and reading prayers for the that the Korban should be accepted, as well as the reading of the Masa Barashas. So who would be in that minion there in Yerushalayim? You'd have both Yisraelim are part of the Anshe Mamad, as well as Kohanim, who are part of the Anshe Mamad, because they're Part of you know that day's Anshemamis, they're not. It's not their base office turn to serve. So in such a minion, 
which we'll see later on. It's going to convene um, for Lanshah Muhammad. We have them convening uh, multiple times throughout the day. Um, and at each time, since the Kohanim are fasting still as part of the Anshimama, they'll be able to do Birkas Kohanim and such minyanim, um, even in the afternoons. So that's what's going on over there. So now back over here in Mishnah Gimel, we're going to talk about those two points, the fasting first and then the reading of the, the Torah. So it says here, The people of the Mamed would fast on four days of the week, um, from the second day, meaning Monday, until Yom Hamishi, the fifth day, meaning Thursday. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Those four days are fast days. So those who participate as Anshay Muhammad. And the fast, of course, goes from morning to evening. They don't fast. They don't not eat for four days. They just don't eat during the day time for four days. Um, but after when nightfall comes, um, before daybreak comes, they certainly could eat. And I'm sure they did eat. Now, um, the question is, why are we skipping Yom Rishon, Sunday, Yom Shishi, Friday, and it goes without saying we're not doing Shabbos because they don't fast on Shabbos. One doesn't fast on Shabbos because that would be Shabbos the day for Oneg and certainly not for fasting. But why not on the Sunday and Friday? So, Veloyim is on Erev Shabbos. They didn't fast on Erev Shabbos, meaning on Friday. Maybe they covered a Shabbos because we don't want people coming into Shabbos being hungry and miserable. No, no, no. That's not appropriate for Shabbos to begin in that sad frame of mind or the hungry frame, the stressed frame. And therefore, people will be not fasting on Fridays. They go into Shabbos um, comfortable and happy. So every minute of Shabbos is indeed an oneg. Veloba Echad B'Shabbos, they also don't fast on the first day of Shabbos, meaning the Sunday morning after um, the first day of their Mahamad period. Um, so they shouldn't transition like so abruptly from Manucha is rest, meaning on Shabbos, the Oneg, enjoyment, luxuriation on Shabbos, to Liyagia, Vitanis, to like exertion and the opposite of Manucha, not rest, you know, to, to effort, and Tanis and fasting. Via Musu, and that could be, a, you know, very distressing on the system, and four days of fasting like that could even, um, you know, God forbid, even cause someone to die. Um, the Gemara in Ksubas famously says, Shinui vest trilas choli. When a person changes his his um, routine, so that's the beginning of getting sick, and that's an important muster. And the Ramam brings that lahalacha um, in Hilchos Deus that if a person, when, you know, the beginning of getting sick is changing your your uh, routine, bad news. So that such an abrupt change would be very unhelpful um, from eating and indulging on Shabbos to fasting for four days, and that, or five days if it would be including the Sunday. So therefore, we don't fast on that first day, Yom Rishon. Um, that's the only reason given in the Mishnah. The Gemara actually gives other reasons. Um, interestingly, there's a sheet of Rabbi Yochanan who says, we don't fast on Sunday, mitneha notzrim. Now, the Meiri point, notzrim typically translates as the Christians, and the Christians certainly do have their holiday on Sunday, and the concern was we shouldn't offend them. The Meiri raised the point that during the time of the Temple, the Christians, early Christians, certainly hadn't established Sunday as their day yet. Um, and that being the case, it doesn't make so much sense. So the Meiri understands the notzrim here is referring to um, the Babylonians, the Nebuchadnezzar gang, who raised up a a son for worship on Sunday, and it would be offensive to them for us to have that as a fast day. Um, also, interestingly, Emrish Lakish refers to the Neshama Yaseira, the tradition that a person gets an extra soul, whatever that means exactly, on Shabbos. It comes in, and Shabbos comes in, and goes out, and Shabbos goes out, and the concern is um, sort of connected to the idea of the Mishnah, that the abrupt loss of the Neshama Yaseira um, which is considered to be sort of like, you know, you feel kind of empty. That's one of the reasons why we, we, we're, we're smelling Basamim, on Moti Shabbos sort of reinvigorate ourselves in the loss of that.
with loss of that and the wake of the loss of that neshama yisera. So um, it would be sort of adding insult to injury or whatever, making things worse, exacerbating by also fasting, and which is too much, and therefore no fasting on Sunday. Okay, so that's the first part of the mission. Now we're going to talk about the Kriyasa Torahs. What are they, the, what are they reading and when? So we're going to see that they're reading multiple times throughout the day, but what are they reading before we say when? So the basic gist of the Mishnah, although that's not what the Mishnah says, but the gist of the Mishnah is that on the first day of their Ma'amad service, they will read from the first day of Kriyas, of Briyas Olam, of creation, like what happened on day one, and on the second day, meaning on the Monday, they'll read what happened on day two, and so forth. The problem is that the the number of verses in each of those sections, what happened on day one, day two, day three, etc., um, is in no case um, nine verses. And the problem is when you have Kriyas Torah, you have three people come up, Cohen, Levi, Yisrael, each has to read three Pesukim, um, so you just don't have enough Pesukim to go around. And therefore, the basic, the mission will say, will imply, um, that since that's not going to work, we'll have to read on day one, we'll de- read day one and day two, so we have enough Pesukim so everyone can get a chance to read. And similarly, on day two, we'll read about day two of creation and day three of creation, and so on and so forth. Um, so here the mission says, Biyom HaRishon, on the Sunday morning, Biyom HaRishon, we read Bereshis, the meaning the Anjei Mamad read Bereshis, those verses um, starting from, you know, Bereshis, Perak Aleph, Mishnah Aleph, um, excuse me, Patsak Aleph. Now there are a total of five Psukim, in the the first five Psukim are the Bereshis, the first day, that's not enough, and therefore, V'yirakia, they also read from the second day, referring to the creation of the sky, the firmament. So the way it works out is you have five verses in Fiyom Rishon, and you have three verses of Fiyom Sheni. Adds up to eight. So it's still short a little bit, but the way they do it is that Cohen reads um, verses one to three of day one, and then the Levi reads um, verses three to five of day one. So actually, it's an overlap. Both Cohen and Levi each reach each read verse three, um, but no, that's in Beira, no choices besides that. It's the best we can do, and that's why at least each Ola, Cohen and Levi, both get to read three Pesukim, and um, no one, like, sort of, you know, crosses over to the next day. Everyone has a discrete section, one to three, and then three to five. And then the lady finishes day one. And then you have Yisrael who comes, and he reads um, the three psukim of day two. Okay? On day two, we have to say we have three psukim. So that's not going to be enough for a three Elias. And therefore, Bishani on the second day, Vahirakia, excuse me, Yihirakia, they read Yihirakia, that's day two's reading, as well as Vihikvu Hamayim, the gathering of the waters on day three. So there's three psukim on day two. There are five psukim in the Torah talking about day three. And therefore, Cohen reads verses one, two, and three of day two. And then, kind of like with the previous section, um, the Levi reads one, two, verses one, two, and three of day two. And then Yisrael reads again verse three, as well as four and five of of day three. But this, this overlapping of psukim happens for us on Rosh Chodesh. It was not, not totally unheard of. In any case, that's it. Bishlish on the third day. So you have, we said five psukim that refer to day three, and there are a total of six psukim that talk about day four. So the breakdown will, so they'll read, Bishlish yikvu hamayim, they read that parsh about day three, gathering the waters, and yihim ma'oros, the creation of the luminaries in the sky. Since that is six psukim, what happens is, the Kohen reads one to five, the psukim about yom shlishi, yikvu hamayim, and then Levi reads the first three of the six of yihim ma'oros, and Yisrael reads the second three, four to six of Yimoros. On day four, Berevi'i, so then you have um, Yimoros, which are six, like we said, as well as Vishitzra Mayim, 
the teeming of the waters. That's day five. So that has four more psukim. So you have six and four. Total of ten. How it works out, therefore, is that the Kohen does one to three of Yimoros. Levi does four to six of Yimoros. And then the Israel does one to four, all of them, for Yishasuramayim. Then Yom Chamishi, you're going to read Yishasuramayim as well as Batotze Ha'aretz. Bringing forth of the animals here. So on day six. So uh, we have four verses on day five, six verses about day six. So that means Cohen reads one to four, the whole thing about Yom Hamishi, Yishtramayim. Uh, then a Levi and Yisrael will divide those apesok amongst themselves for Totsi arts. On Yom Shishi, again, you have apesokim, which is not nine. So apesokim, you have. Um, talking about Totsi Arts, and then you have Vayachu Shemaim, three more Pesukim talking about the seventh day Shabbos. So again, the breakdown is that uh, Cohen and Levi split those first eight Pesukim, and then Yisrael takes the three Pesukim of Vayachu Shemaim, and that's that. Now, the Mishnah says the principle of how we divide things up, kind of as I just laid forth, set forth for you, which is Parsha Gadola, if you have a bigger section. So then Koronoson Shnaim, and two people divide it up, like I described. Vakatana, the smaller of the two, which is says three psukim, that the Yachid, a single person, reads it. Now, the Mishra goes on to say, um, when is this reading happening? Bishachris, at Shachris time, they'll do the reading, like an Aliyah, as well as Uva Musaf. Also in Musaf, they'll bring the Sefer Torah a second time for a second Kriyasa Torah with the same psukim. That's how it works. But only if you're talking about Anshe Yamam and people who are outside of Yerushalayim. You recall that. You could be a Yisrael as part of the Mamed and, and be sort of vicariously participating from your hometown, far out of Jerusalem. If that's what's happening, so then you have, you'll say the, you know, you're, you're, you're sitting in Haifa, so then you will do the Kriya Torah for a second time in Musa. But if you're back in Yerushalayim, so you're in a bit of a rush because you have to get back to the Azar, the temple courtyard, in time to be present for the burning of the limbs of the Tavid, or Musaf, as well as the Nesachim. They're going to do some wine libations and meal offerings. Nesachim, they accompany the the Tamidin. So you have to be there for those. So therefore, no reading from a Sefer Torah a second time. With Musaf, you're going to rush back to be present in time for the offering, the completion of the offering of the, the Tamid. Uva Mincha, and Mincha time. So again, you're back to, everyone's back to having Mincha, and again, they will read, they will read, um, the parsha all over again, um, but nichnasim v'korn alpian. They won't do it from a sefer Torah. Rather, they'll say it alpian, meaning they'll say it from memory, ba'alpe, from memory, um, because um, it's they're they're fasting, and now it's, it's we don't want it's too much for them. So we'll make it a little easier on them and let them say it just from memory. Kikorn eshma, the same way people say shma from memory. Now these last words of the Mishnah here are a little ostensibly superfluous. What is that? Who cares? Why, why be equating Shema? Who bring that in? Just say with the din. So the answer is, under normal circumstances, one is not supposed to say verses from the Torah from memory. You're supposed to read them out of out of the book, out of the Torah, out of the scroll. So that's normally it's normally forbidden to say Psukim Baal Peh. Um, but there's a general dispensation for Psukim that are very familiar to everybody. And you can say them Baal Peh. Like, for example, Kriyashma, people... You know, say Kriyashma Lamita, they're not reading inside a book necessarily. And that's going to be okay because people know Kriyashma very well. Um, and that's how it is. So similarly, um, just as they can read Kriyashma Balpeh because they know it very well, so too they can recite um, the Masa stuff from memory because these people, as you see, they're 
saying it morning and night, they keep on doing those psukim of Masa Rashis, they know it very well, and like Krishna, they can say it from memory. That's for Mincha time. Now remember, they also have a Ne'ilah, they have another fourth prayer service. Uh, there's no mention here in the Mishnah of what happened there. So it's Machlok Sushonim. According to the Rambam, um, ostensibly the Bartanura, so they would again read it Baal Peh, they'd say it from memory at Anila time, this Psukim. Um, Rashi learns they don't say it at all. That is, there's no, there's no Mishnah suggesting there's no, there's no reading of the Masabrashas at the special Anila prayer for the Anshe Imamid. Erev Shabbos, but Mincha, also, on Erev Shabbos, Friday afternoon, B'mincha time, Lo Hayu Nichnas, and they didn't get together at all, Mipnei Kavad Shabbos, because for the honor of Shabbos, meaning we want them to have time to get their Shabbos preparations um, taken care of, so they shouldn't come to Shabbos rushed or unprepared for Shabbos, and therefore there's no Mincha gathering on the Friday afternoon for the Anshe Hamamet.